guys welcome to another episode of minding my own jamaican business i want to talk today about the covid anniversary <laughs> i just keep coining words for this thing the covid anniversary so march 11 2022 marked two years since the world health organization declared COVID-19 a pandemic. I mean, I was there when it happened, but it just seems like we have been through so much since that time. And I sometimes wonder if we're going to get back to normalcy in caps, you know? Normalcy. What's normalcy? But it's been two years since we've been going through this thing. Two years of School lockdown, school reopening, school tentative reopening, school lockdowns again, of learning about finding the curve, of curbing the curve, of not curbing the curve, you know, mass mandates and, and gathering mandates and weddings put off and funerals via Zoom. It's been something. It's been two years of you know, learning. So I just want to do a quick recap <laughs> for the COVID anniversary. Um, a lot has happened. A, a lot, a lot, a lot has happened. I have to talk about um, how it affected me directly in terms of schools because, you know, for a good long time, I was a teacher. I taught in the classroom. So schools worldwide were closed. Therapist, I never thought I'd see a day when I drive past a school and it was like a ghost town in the middle of the school year. But schools were worldwide were closed, you know, and this whole idea of remote learning, though it was happening before, because I know a lot of people who have had um, maybe one or two university courses online. And so it was kind of, um, you know, a dual kind of thing so they would have some courses online and they would go in for some courses and then they would have a practicum so remote learning has always been going on pre-covid but when covid happened it was thrust into the spotlight therapist and you know the myriad of problems that came with it in jamaica's case we do not always have the steadiest and the best Wi-Fi. Not throwing any stones at anybody, not calling the names of any Wi-Fi providers. But we do not have the steadiest and best Wi-Fi. That was one of the issues with remote learning in Jamaica. Second, the devices. So many children, so many families in Jamaica, in the rural parts of Jamaica, are on the cusp of poverty. So you know that um, a tablet is not something that would be readily available to them. You know, most of the children had to be using phones for learning. And, you know, the phone was mommy's phone or daddy's phone. So at some point in the day, you know, the parent would need the phone to do whatever business transaction or, you know, handle whatever they needed to handle with the phone. So it was kind of parent and children sharing phone it was how do you do certain things on a phone so what some teachers had to be doing in jamaica was using whatsapp 
was sending lessons via WhatsApp and you know how effective that was therapist. So the remote learning situation in Jamaica did not take off very well and it did not go very well for children who are from affluent families. Because remember, as we have discussed in previous podcasts, there are two Jamaicas. There's a Jamaica of the rich and there's a Jamaica of the poor. And in rich Jamaica, remote learning went swimmingly because those children, they had their, you know, you know, their iPads, you know, and their iBooks or all things Apple. And they were able to access um, Google Classroom or Edmodo or whatever platform the teachers were using, right? Okay. In poor Jamaica, the children were sharing phones with their parents and so they were not able to get the full full complement of the remote learning situation so thankfully now schools are face to face right schools reopened for face to face learning um i want to say march 13th of this year <laughs> a funny thing though funny thing even though we still have a number of cases we open just in time to welcome the royals you know huge smiling primary school children lined up across all along the procession of the royals so you know the skeptic in me says why did we open in time for the royal visit but i'm very happy that schools have reopened because children need to be in school children need to be in school and therapists in the jamaican context more than ever because school is the place where a lot of them learn right from wrong it's sad to say this therapist but some jamaican homes some jamaican families consist of a young mother you know an 18 year old mother a 22 year old mother who is still learning herself and then she has the responsibility now of teaching her child right from wrong. And so many times the teacher becomes the voice of reason. The teacher becomes the role model for that child to emulate. So I'm very happy schools are opening again because children without supervision become problems to society later on. And in Jamaica therapists, you know, I've been talking about it. If you listen to season one of this podcast, you'll know. I've been saying the boys, especially when they get to a certain age, they get drafted. Drafted is not even a good word to use. They get inveigled into joining a gang. And, you know, every street corner, every posse, you know, every, every community almost now has a gang so we want to stop that we want to combat that situation and one of the best ways to do that is for the children to be in school you know all these different programs in school to help them to streamline them to get them to be the type of citizens that we need in jamaica you know honest decent upstanding citizens that's what we want and if they are in school learning the golden rules sorry to be so cheesy but if they are in school learning the golden rules then then you know we can combat that crime situation you know so yeah 
I was skeptical when they said all schools are going to open face to face right in time for the royal visit because side note therapists the royals are supposed to be visiting the caribbean i know i know i know i don't know what um william and kate are going to bring to us um what they're going to help us with how waving and smiling is going to make a difference in this harsh economic climate therapists do you know that jamaica is actually supposed to help pay for William and Kate's visit. Now, I know that this is a side note, but how are you going to visit a poor country and ask them to pay for part of your visit? I mean, wasn't Windsor Castle already built on our backs? I mean, I, I, this is a whole podcast by itself. But schools are reopening just in time for their visit. And you know what has happened in the past when royals visit us? School children are expected to stand out there in uniform and wave and smile as the royals proceed. So I really hope to not see this because it's 2022 and I don't think the oh, let's parade the natives is a really good narrative for us to have in Jamaica at this time. So I really hope that's not what they plan to do. Let's parade the native children out there, let them wave to the royals as they pass by, you know, in their air-conditioned, um, highly tinted cars. Let's, let's have the children out there in the sun waving to the royals. I hope that school didn't reopen in time just for that. But therapists, I digress. Let me get back to <laughs> discussing covid So. In addition to um, remote learning, remote work was also thrust into the spotlight. And many people have realized that working from home is the best thing ever because you're able to give to your family and you're able to give to your job. What I, do, what I did realize though, because I was one of the persons who um, I had to teach from home, and I realized that um, even when school was over at 2.30, I was still on the clock in terms of there would be a meeting right after that. Or there, sometimes there was a meeting at 7 p.m. in the afternoon, in the evening. And I'd be like, no, if we were face-to-face -face at school, would we have, be having these 7 p.m. meetings? So even though the remote work life had us cutting out our commutes and had us having more time to spend with our families it also made the work day much longer and it also kind of tipped the balance between work life and home life because i had so many zoom meetings sometimes back to back to back to back and i'm like you know um it's getting a little bit too much so in the two years of of covid remote work um the remote work life has shown a lot of people that it's best to work at home and it has also shown that you can't really separate and balance your life as much as you would have when you leave work you know because when you go to work when you go into the brick and mortar building of work and the clock stops and you're free to go then you normally pack your things and leave but in this remote workspace, there's really no separation between 
work time, my time. So that would be the disadvantage of remote work. But aside from that, you know, it has, it has its values. And what happened in Jamaica was that the government asked some workers to work from home, you know, and the remote work, well, it wasn't a mandate, but it was, it was a directive. That directive ended sometime in January because, you know, um, the cases had lessened in the hospital, the COVID cases had lessened in the hospital. And so, you know, they felt that remote work could be, the directive for remote work could be shafted. I don't know, I don't think shafted is the right word. Could be ended, rather, and then the invited all workers to return to work so you know i think it helped a lot of jamaican families because if mommy is working from home and child is doing school from home then mommy is there to assist child with things that she would not normally be able to you know so we all just kind of had to be home for this COVID. And we all just kind of had to spend a lot more time with our families than we usually would. Some for, for, for better, some for worse. In the Jamaican context, the number of domestic violence cases rose during COVID-19 because everybody had to be home. The number of child molestation cases rose during COVID-19 because again, everybody had to be home and you had, unfortunately, some children had to be home with their abuser, you know? So it's not always airy. Um, it's not always Jamaica, no problem. We've got lots, you know, therapists and that, that hurt me so when I would hear that the children couldn't go to school to escape anymore. They had to be home learning from home the attacker the molester would also be at home with them so man i'm happy school is open again i'll just say that i'm happy school is open again one of the other things that was severely affected in jamaica as a result of covid19 was tourism because you know tourism is our bag that's how we get our coins um, from tourism and so you know for a while we had to kind of the country had to be locked down and no tourists coming in and tourist workers had to be laid off and some hotels and guest houses had to be closed and honestly therapists never opened again because they took such a hit with COVID you know so on this COVID anniversary I'm happy to say that the tourism sector is waking up again people are coming to visit again um in spite of the <laughs> um the directives retesting and so on on the island people are coming again to enjoy themselves and to infuse our economy with that badly needed tourist dollar so tourism is rebooting and that's good another area that was hit by COVID-19 and hit hard therapists 
for the entertainment sector. I mean, it was shut down, completely shut down because unlike other countries, Jamaica had a nightly curfew and that curfew time would change at the whim of the Prime Minister. I'm going to say it. I'm going to be honest in this podcast. Therapists, that curfew time would change at the whim of the Prime Minister. He would say, oh, yes, I'm consulting with the Ministry of Health and so on. But COVID doesn't only happen at night. So during the day, you are free to roam about and spread COVID as, as freely as you want. If you cough on people, whatever, under your mask, whatever. Um, <laughs> you are free to go to work. You are free to sell in the market. You are free to do all of these things. And at night, you had to be in your house by 8 p.m. So the entertainment sector, which you know, guys, which you know, therapists, entertainment anywhere it's the clubs it's the live music it's the parties it's the carnival events all of those got hit by the COVID-19 mandates and it was two years of lockdown in terms of curfew first the curfew would be well at first when when we had our first cases of COVID-19 I believe the curfew was 7 p.m. Like everybody had to be in their house by 7 p.m. Um, 7 p.m. to 5 a.m. the next morning. And then it, it loosened up a bit and then it got stricter. And I cannot count the amount of times that the curfew time in Jamaica changed. I cannot. If I had a dollar for every time the prime minister changed the curfew time, I would have a good little nest egg sitting on right now. Okay. Because the curfew time, which at one point this country was locked down by noon on a Saturday. Noon therapists. Noon, like no one could leave their house. Afternoon RP, a hefty, handsome fine. Noon, the country was locked down. On a Saturday, sometimes by 6 p.m., the country was locked down. And if you left your house for any other reason but to work if you are it's if you if you are not an essential worker rather and you decided to leave your house that would be a hefty and handsome fine that you had to pay some people paying two hundred and fifty thousand but as you know as i've discussed in other podcasts there are two jamaicas so the rich and wealthy would find a way to go around the system and not pay a dollar but the middle class and the poor will be dragged before the courts to pay a hefty and handsome fine for leaving their homes, right? So the entertainment sector took a hit. All the clubs, a lot of clubs have closed to never be opened again. A lot of um, event marketing people had to find jobs elsewhere. Event, event planning people had to find jobs elsewhere. And let me tell you something, Kingston has an active and teeming, before COVID, Kingston had an active and teeming nightlife. Not only Kingston, Montego Bay as well, all the cities and major towns had active, teeming entertainment lives, you know. And you could see a live band any day of the week in Jamaica. You could see a live band. You could see a real reggae show. Right, you could see a dance hall party any day of the week, and all of that got shut down. So, people whose livelihoods depended on entertainment had to find themselves doing something else. You know, this this gentleman had a Benz in Half a Tree. Half a Tree is a city, is a 
town in Kingston. This man had a Benz in half a tree and turning it into a taxi because his usual means of supporting himself was gone. And so he had to find a way. And so he had a Benz loading up. He had a Benz loading up in half a tree, you know. I'm happy to say that at the time of this podcast, the entertainment sector has since been reopened. People have done so many memes and videos about quote-unquote Andrew flying the gate. Andrew is the name of our prime minister. Andrew flying the gate, meaning opening the entertainment sector. People have already started to plan parties and to advertise. But, well, let me tell you something. Quiet as it's kept. Let me whisper to your therapist. They were always having parties. They were having a kind of hide-and-seek with the police officers and still having their parties, even though the mandate said no parties. People were still quietly having their parties. I know a quiet party. I know it's an oxymoron, but they were still doing that. You know, some of them even paid cops to avoid their parties. So now they can party freely and legally, but the party still went on. In the two years of COVID, people still had parties, still had gatherings, still had get-togethers in spite of the mandates. But now they can party openly, freely, and maybe do a live on Facebook <laughs> as they party. So the entertainment sector has since been opened. And I'm very happy for that because what is Jamaica if we don't have our music and our culture at, at the front line, at the headline of all that we do? So I'm very happy that it has opened. Now the thing that's changing is the mask wearing. Now they are saying that in April, Jamaica will drop all mask wearing mandates. Here, where I am now in Canada, um, March 15th, mask wear, the mask wearing mandate ended. It ended. Um, so you don't have to wear a mask if you don't want to. But they are encouraging you to wear one still. And where I find an issue therapist is at school. My child goes to school in a mask. Some children don't. And I've just been pestered with the question, Mommy, do I have to wear a mask? Mommy, why do I have to wear a mask? Mommy, why do I have to wear a mask? But I am... I don't know, therapist. I, I don't know if I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. I don't know what it is. But something says keep her in that, keep her in that surgical mask yet a little bit longer, especially at school because pre-COVID... When she used to go to school in Jamaica, she used to always get calls because you know how children are. They share pencils, they share crayons, they share sweeties, they share... I once sent her to school with a particular brand of juice box. And when I went to pick her up, she had a completely different juice box. And what happened was, it was another... She had swapped juice boxes with another child. You know, so she was always getting calls, always getting calls. I kind of personally want to just keep her in the mask a little bit longer just to avoid her, you know, bringing a cold home to me. Um, but there are children in her class who are mask-free at this time, who have just 
whose parents have just said, yeah, it's over, and have flung all the masks away. But I'm kind of still holding on a little bit because of the anxiety in me therapist, you know, I have some anxiety issues. I don't have a backpack of anxiety anymore, but I have like a purse of anxiety, you know, a little purse. And so I am kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. And so I, I'm not ready. I'm just not ready for her to relinquish all her masks, you know. Um, so as soon as we get into the school parking lot, her mask goes on. And I encourage her to keep it on throughout the day. I don't know. A little fear there. Um, a little fear. I just a little bit of fear there, therapist. And you know, we all have our fears. And you know, in this podcast, I unpack my feelings. And honestly, the reason why she's still wearing masks is because I am just still a little bit afraid. <clears throat> At first, I was like, why do we have to wear masks? I know I can rely on it because even though the mandate ended, March 15th, I still wear masks to go out. So, you know, I'm just still a little scared and waiting for the other shoe to drop. I hope it never drops though. Um, so the next thing that was a big to-do in Jamaica, worldwide, was the vaccination. And if you have listened to my podcast in the past, you know my feelings about the vaccination the, the fact that we didn't have enough information um about it and it was just like you know you must do it or else and don't get me wrong therapist i'm not an anti i'm not an anti-vaxxer <clears throat> but i just had a lot of questions you know and i still have questions because they're talking about a third booster a fourth booster like is it every year People are going to go in and get a shot like a flu shot. I have still have so many questions. But what I'm happy, what I'm happy about now is that the tide is turning in the sense that people are opening borders to vaccinated and unvaccinated. The tide is turning and people are saying you can't lose your job if you're not vaccinated. Although there's still that thing with that NBA player, you know, he still has to watch from the sidelines. Um, I think it's the LA Clippers guy. Mm, I'm not sure, therapist, but I know that there's an NBA player who's not playing in the league because he's not vaccinated. And so he has to sit on the sides and watch his team play and he cannot in any way. Or is the New York? I'm going to check. Um, but Or you can do a quick Google, but there's an NBA player who is still not allowed to play because he refused to get vaccinated. So we still have that some companies or some um, CEOs holding out on the vaccination, holding out on the mandatory vaccination, even though people are kind of letting up about it now. You know, UK recently saying that their borders are open, whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated, all the pre-testing and post-testing will come to an end. So if you're going to UK, you just book a ticket and off you go without all the rigmarole <laughs> rigmarole as one of my teachers used to say without the rigmarole so i don't know if we're slowly getting back to normal therapies i don't know there are still issues there are still people in hospital with covid right now there are still um problems with the, the whole long covid situation people who got covid and never fully recovered that's still going on and every day we're still hearing of 
new strains. So I don't know if we'll ever go back to being normal, capital N-O-R-M-A-L, but we are, there's a semblance of normalcy. There's a semblance of normalcy. And then look at therapists, look at this. We went straight from the panic of the pandemic into a war. So even if we could, even if we could have eased into normalcy, this war, this bombardment of Ukraine by Russia is stopping us from easing into what could be a semi-normal life because now we have crazy prices as a result of this, 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 this terrible injustice that's happening across the world. So this COVID diversity, looking back, so many things have changed. Um, people never shake hands again. That's gone. <laughs> that is gone. Um, that's done. You know, we have to find new ways of greeting people. That, that shake hunting is out the window and done for. Um, so, so much of our life has changed, you know. Um, and I think there will be more changes with this war, with these new strains of, COVID popping up and with these constant boosters happening and I mean time will tell if somebody's doing a study of COVID-19 I'd love to read it and see what else has changed for us and see how else our, li our lives have changed under this strain of pandemic and you know what is funny therapist people still think this whole thing was a government hoax. People still think that the government just sat down and decided, hey, let's tell them there's a pandemic to make them do what we want them to do. With all the people who have died, I don't think it's a hoax. And I know someone who has died. Someone who beat cancer and braved the odds and faced the odds, got COVID and just just was gone. So I, I never believed it was a hoax. You know, too many people have been lost to it. Um, I'm happy to see that we're on the mend. We're on our way to recovering. And I know that and hope that we'll be stronger people having gone through this, having been locked down, having been, um, you know, faced with a mirror to look at ourselves as a people. Um, you know, and I hope that we will be stronger and better for it. And let me tell you something, this podcast has helped me so much through COVID because so much of what I want to say, I was able to turn on my mic therapist and say it to you. And I, as usual, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to do so. Thank you guys. This has been another episode of Minding My Own Jamaican Business. Talk to you soon.